This is a recording from the Arizona Child Sexual Abuse and Exploitation Prevention Coalition meeting held on August 31st, 2023 with guest speaker Kristen Campbell from the Urban Connection Project. My name is Kristen Campbell. Thank you for having me. Today, I just wanted to give a little bit more information about what we do and how um, I think we kind of can see some some um, some overlaps in the type of work that we're that we're trying to accomplish. Um, and I, I I really had no idea, in all honesty, what exactly happened in this meeting. And even so far, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of a great information that's being shared, and b it's just really cool to see. Um, these peer leaders and, and what you guys are doing, um, even at such a young age, recognizing the need and stepping in. I, I'm just honestly blown away. I wasn't, I didn't know that this was all happening. So this is pretty cool. Um, but like you kind of heard about here, um, my husband and I, we started this program, um, the Urban Connection Project back in 2014. Um, and like it said, it's really, we were both former teachers, we were teachers at the time and we were noticing like our, our peers are quitting after like two weeks. They'll come in and some of you probably have seen this, you've had a teacher for a little bit and then they decide for whatever reason it's not for them or maybe they're having a hard time in that classroom and they just can't quite see themselves getting through that time and, and they're gone. Um, and so often we would have to kind of pick up the pieces or figure out what is it that, um, what is it that that we're either not providing in college or we're not truthful about when teachers join um, this district that uh, would help our teachers to the ones that that really want to be there would actually help them to stay. And so, um, like, like I said, through our own experience, as well as like all the trial and error and all the things we have adopted this idea of culturally responsive teaching and what that means. So I was going to break that down a little bit so you guys can kind of see how we actually work with teachers um, well, in schools and school districts. We have broken down cultural responsive teaching into four domains. And so when I talk about working with teachers and, and school districts, what we're doing is, you know, on those days when teachers have like their in-service or um, they're getting that professional development, we are one of the organizations that would come in to provide that professional development. Um, we have our, we have workbooks that we've written uh, to go along with our work that we use. And then we also are in classrooms um, observing um, those teachers. I, I will partner with those teachers to plan. I've done sample lessons. I'll get up and teach for them and kind of do a model lesson. Whatever the teachers really need to be successful is what we provide. Um, but it all starts um, or is centered around these four domains. And so when we first go into a school, we actually have created a pro uh, progress monitoring assessment that allows us to see how how schools are performing in each of these areas through a series of questions that we ask teachers and it's more of perception data us asking them hey is this something that your school recognizes as necessary what kind of supports do you have in place what does this look like and through that type of questioning we're able to assess and see hey where where are we kind of missing the mark and where might we want to start to dig in um, and I'll tell you most of the time <clears throat> in my experience and now we've been doing this almost 10 years it's always in these first two domains of cultural awareness and systems, which then trickle into the following, um, th those last two domains. So uh, just kind of noticing that trend and honestly, and what you guys are saying as well, it sounds like you also notice that trend even from a student perspective. And so um, that first uh, layer that you see there, I, we named the soil is cultural awareness. And so that domain um, 
is really all about helping teachers to recognize that everyone comes to the table with a specific lens, a specific perspective based on the experiences that you've had. And so um, why that's really important for teachers to do is because it kind of helps to soften the heart a little bit. It kind of helps you to have an idea that, um, you know, I, I may not see eye to eye with a student or maybe even with a coworker, but more specifically with my students because of uh, maybe I view the way that they act as disrespectful, or maybe I think that um, some of the things that they do are, you know, I, I may have a negative perspective about that. And, it's just really important that we all take a moment to check ourselves and check our implicit biases that naturally occur. We all have them. It's very natural to kind of create um, a stereotype in your head based on your experiences. We all do it, but that becomes dangerous when you work with students and you're trying to ensure that you're not necessarily coming to the table thinking that your way of doing things or your way of thinking is the hierarchy, but instead kind of thinking, hmm, how, why am I this way? Why do I think this way? And then bringing that same type of grace and understanding to your students and figuring out that as well for them. So we do that through kind of three different levels of surface. So, I mean, that's from skin color to, you know, cultures, things that we can see on the surface level to shallow. So it's kind of some of our in interactions with each other. That's our shallow culture is, um, you know, social norms, things along those lines, and then the deep culture. So thinking about those implicit biases and maybe some of the internal thoughts we have about specific groups of people. Um, and, and yes, it gets a little uncomfortable, if I'm honest. It's not the best job all the time, but it's so necessary um, for us to have these crucial conversations with our teachers and, and really break that down. So that's kind of the first part of it is, looking at self and then being able to look at our students in that same way how we rep represent our students are we making sure that the images that they see are ones that they can relate to um, even being an african-american woman myself i i remember growing up and most of the messages i heard about african-americans was all about slavery and how we overcame slavery and i i you know we often wonder what would life have been like if what I was seeing in school was more about how we started out as kings and queens in our own tribes and, you know, far beyond slavery. That would instill a different sense of pride and, and, and understanding of self than always being a little bit um, embarrassed, if I'm honest, when we had to talk about slavery. So just having those conversations about who is represented and what's going, you know, what, what perspectives are being brought to the table and what messages are we sending? So that's kind of that first piece that honestly takes a lot more time than people recognize because it's as it shows here soil right it's underneath the surface it's not always things we can see it's something you have to check within yourself so that's the first domain um the second domain is the, the systems um so based on that once we've done all of that work and we've thought through you know all of our perspectives and our norms and why we think the way we think now we can create systems that are not just based on me trying to control but it's it's really based on us figuring out what's going to help us work together to reach our common goal which is your success um, and so we we create systems to really manage those biases. So you don't have to work it, we don't, you don't have to um, rely on how I feel that day as your teacher, but you can have some accountability um, and safety in the structure that we provide in the systems that we provide um, around behavior management, around routines and procedures. Um, I even saw someone in the, uh, with the peer leader um, feedback earlier talking about um, homework and being understanding of missing assignments and this and that. We want to create systems that are realistic to the students we service and not just these ideals that we have in our head. Um, and so that's kind of that 
uh, domain is is sitting there analyzing why are we why is this system in place and is it really servicing these students is it taking into account their reality is you know those kinds of things um, and so then we move into that next domain which is relationships um, so we always say rules without relationship leads to rebellion um, it's really important that as we're creating these systems of accountability on both ends we all know what to expect we all know what happens when we don't meet those expectations we all know what happens you know when we exceed those expectations that's all great but it falls very quickly if we don't put in the time to establish those relationships and of course this is I think probably what you guys might even find most um, important in the work that you do is you've got to know your students individually to be even be able to recognize why certain things are happening or certain behaviors are happening or when they're not you know able to 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 um, meet expectations or be a part of that system that you've created you you need to know your student and why that's happening and so we have some very specific strategies around um, relationship building specifically between teachers and students um, and that also goes into other relationships as well with parents etc that help support and then finally um what we all come to school for the content right to learn and actually be able to get to that next level so we just want to ensure that a what you're teaching is rigorous you're not you know uh for lack of better words dumbing it down or you don't think you know i hear these kids can't do this or these, yes they actually can it's can you scaffold or can you uh create a pathway that from where they are to where they need to be do you know your content well enough to be able to break it down to that level because that's really what this is about not where the students are and so we help um, break down content and help them to create standards and lessons that are very rigorous um, and help them to get to that expectation but also accessible does it actually feel realistic to students they know why they're learning it and how it applies to their world um, and and does it feel like something that was uh, that is for them because oftentimes we're teaching straight from a book sounds great but the book was written for the highest bidder my husband actually used to work for an education company and knows hey the way we we, we write our content to to california and to texas because they give the most money <laughs> they're paying the, they're our biggest clients and so that's who we're you know tailoring our content to not kids in arizona so what what does that look like for our specific teachers to to maybe use that content more so as a guide than just reading out of the book as if it's a script so things like that that's kind of what we work with teachers to do it's that comprehensive picture um all around so that they really can become what the students need um so yeah that is pretty much what our work entails so it looks um it looks very different in every school we work in because we want it to be authentic to what the school needs what teachers need um and what students need so i mean that's kind of the overview but in all honesty it can look so many different ways and, and it can go a lot deeper in certain areas just depending on the need um but so that's kind of the like i said the teacher side of things and then you also heard about our nonprofit efforts and that's where we actually get to interact with students a little bit more and provide um more of that direct mentorship um through our through our nonprofit and so we have this year 25 boys that we had um which was our largest to date we had three different teams multiple coaches and through that we really just want to instill those leadership principles we um the way we run our team i think is a lot different probably because we're educators but it we what we ask the kids is you know why do you come back or why do you invite people you know to to try out why is this kind of growing every year what do you like about it and it always 
we always hear back that it feels like family and I actually feel accountable. And so I think that speaks volumes to what, um, and, and we specifically for that target um, students that are in need. Uh, we don't charge a lot. We, we do a ton of fundraising. We have a lot of sponsors because we want to show, you know, just a different side of life and, and get them outside of Arizona. A lot of our kids have never left Arizona. Um, and so we make sure we, you know, pick tournaments that are in different places simply because we want them to just travel and and learn that the world is bigger than, you know, their neighborhood, things along those lines. So a lot of what we do ourselves in our nonprofit um, are, are the kinds of characteristics and, and strategies that we try to offer our teachers also knowing that lens and being in the classroom ourselves. So that kind of gives a lot in a nutshell, but I wanted to also um, open up if you have any questions, thoughts, um, suggestions. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm open to any of it. Part of Peer Solutions funding comes from the Arizona Department of Transportation License Plate Program. With a $25 purchase of the unique It Shouldn't Hurt to Be a Child license plate, you are helping provide essential violence prevention curriculum to Arizona youth. Here is a special message from one of our most esteemed board members regarding this opportunity. Hey, I'm uh, Bud Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton, and I'm here with Jennifer Rawhouse, and she is with Peer Solutions. And I happen to be a member of the board of Peer Solutions, and this is all about how there's a lot of child abuse that's being neglected in the state of Arizona, and that's what Peer Solutions does. They work to protect kids. And you need to get one of these license plates because $17 out of this $25 goes toward preventing child abuse here. So, you know, it doesn't mean anything to you what your license plate says uh, in terms of just getting the regular one. I mean, it's just a license plate, right? This can actually make a difference. So buy these license plates for your car, please. Purchase your license plate, go to azdot.gov slash license dash plates slash child dash abuse dash prevention. Um I um yes, hi. hello. Um uh thank you. Um this this was such helpful information and I'll definitely be looking into it more. But um I wanna say that like I find it really cool that um, that you get you guys don't really take it in a negative way, and you want to um, kind of help these teachers instead of being like some people that just like throw into a pot and like this, this, this. These teachers do this these, without any solution. So yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes, totally. I mean. And I think that's on both ends, because if I'm going to be honest with you, when I get into the PD, I hear these kids, these kids, and I, I'm always kind of bringing it back. I think it's a lot of, you know what I mean, back and forth of it's, oh, the kids have changed. And then it's like, well, the teachers don't do enough. Well, everyone's got a complaint. So, <laughs> you know, and at the end of the day, too, we always tell our schools, yes, I get you. You don't, you know, maybe kids have changed. Maybe all the things are true. That could be true. But there's still a job to do. And at you know, just like in the business world, you adapt as you need to, 
that's that's what we're asking of you. So any other questions or thoughts, concerns? Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for sharing with us. Um, I one of the one of my favorite things that you said was make systems based on how we can reach our goals instead of how we can control. And I feel mm -hmm. like it tied into what some of the peer leaders were saying about like mm -hmm. that their schools create, especially like about phones um, and then like rules about being in line. It's ridiculous. So thank you. Monica, um, you're right that I, I said that on purpose, thinking also about what you know you guys had said because it's so true, and we often hear that. I often ask teachers why, why, why do you need that? Is it because you know what I mean? Are they breaking one of the three expectations we decided upon, or are you just annoyed, or is this necessary? And the reason I bring that up is because even like for myself, I have kids, and I will often ask myself. Is she unsafe? Is she not being kind? Is she like, or is it just me? You know what I mean? Because kids will be kids and sometimes you've got to give a little freedom if you really want that respect back. Um, and so that's super important for us to, again, I think it's just all about checking ourselves often in our thoughts, checking ourselves often and saying, you know, where's the thought coming from? Why is it necessary? Where, you know what I mean? So I think that's just kind of important all around. And we're trying to instill that in our teachers to then hopefully be able to have those real conversations with their students. How do you think teachers specifically can normalize like mentorship between them and their students? Because I know Jaden was saying that he seemed it seems so far like it's just like professional, like I'm your teacher, you are the student. That is it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you think they can normalize mentorship in schools? Yeah, I think um well, I think it's a kind of a two-parter. I think that it's gotta be a um which is why I'll go back to when I talked about that um, progress monitoring assessment that we have um, and how it's perception data. So one of the things we ask is like, is this a clear, um, is this a clear area of focus, right? And so if that's not a clear area of focus for your school, it's hard to, as a teacher, individually carve out time for that um, to have like, you know, some type of class council or time to have, where you can not talk academically. I will say the pressure, um, you know, and you're hearing about all of the things you have to do academically, you might not feel like you have that time or you might not feel like that's your lane or that you even need to go there. If it's not something that's kind of school-wide, um, I don't think it's as effective. I'm not saying it can't be done. I just don't think it's as effective as if we make that a very clear um, expectation school-wide. Um, and I, can kind of go into that spiel as well about like, you know, just high school, I think in general, I get that we're sending them off to, to be on their own. But if we're going to be honest, even like 18 is is not, who said that was adult? It's not even like the, the brain's not even fully developed. That's a legal thing. That's not, they're not actually ready to make full informed decisions. Your frontal lobe is not even fully developed yet. And so it's really important that we understand that you know, even in high school, yes, you need to, it's almost even more important at that point. But I, I think society tells us, I think the test scores tell us all these, we get all these messages that make us feel like that's not, that's not what's important. So I think it has to come kind of top down for it to be most effective. But as a teacher, if you can get that in your head and recognize it doesn't always have to be a designated time either. It's a quick, it's a smile. It's, it's a lot of nonverbals. It's warmth. It's endearment. It's, um, 
you know, offer making sure that you're, you know, we call it being selectively vulnerable. I, I make sure to share parts of myself with my students on purpose as a strategy. Because as I share that I'm human, you feel like you can you can show me that you're human too. So there's different strategies I can have in mind that I can do. Um, and that's part of our training as well um, with that relationship domain is here, what kinds of things, how can you be maybe shop at the neighborhood you know, store, make yourself visible, go to the after school. There's all these things that you can do outside of the classroom to make sure that you are creating familiarity and allowing a space for vulnerability. Any other questions? I have one last question for the peer yes. leaders. What can um, the peer leaders do to kind of bridge that relationship with the educators? Like if I'm thinking to what Jaden mentioned, like, hey, I said good morning. And my teacher was just like, eh, we're going right to the logistics, right? <laughs> what are some of the things that peer leaders can do um, to help bridge that relationship? You know, if I'm going to be, if I could just be frank with you guys, I don't like to sugarcoat anything. There's just those teachers, you know, are just not going to be that way. I'm going to just be honest with you. I see them. I know them. I don't enjoy working with them. I'll just be honest. Like there are those teachers and you're just like, why are you here? You don't even like kids. Like, what are you, why are you here? They're there. And I, I hate that for you guys. And I'm just being honest, like those ones. I'm sorry, it just, you, those are the ones that take it as a life lesson. You won't be able to work with everybody, right? But the ones that you know care, I think that whole selective vulnerability, it help, it, it's everyone. Even when I give PDs, if I'm honest, one of my tricks <laughs> is that even if I haven't done it, I often use myself as the example because if you put yourself out there, it really invites other people to feel like, okay, I can let a, a little bit of the wall down. So maybe it's sharing, maybe it's um, connecting on something that you know they're interested in, um, offering a smile, asking uh, how their day is going, kind of showing that concern, like whatever it is that you're kind of hoping to reciprocate. Unfortunately, the adult should probably start that, but if not, that's that's definitely, I think where you can start, but also knowing your personnel, just being honest. Some teachers, it just isn't going to, they're not, they're not there for that. And that's unfortunate. Awesome. Thank you so very much. Super informative. Again, we are all about driving solutions and knowing that peer leaders and also the other organizations that are on this call know that they have a resource in you within their, in the Absolutely. community that will help drive that. Cause that's how we'll see that sustainable change. Absolutely. Um, loved your presentation. So yes, drop your info in the chat and it was such a pleasure having you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. I really, really Thank appreciate you, so you guys having me. This is really cool. No problem. No problem. <laughs>